We don't have to live overwhelmed. We don't have to live crazy. We don't have to say yes to things we don't want to. And we can design it, our businesses as entrepreneurs in a way that serves us and doesn't swallow us. Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 124 and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. Today I'm speaking into a mic that's plugged into a sound thingamabob that's plugged into the computer. And I don't know exactly, I can't remember what the name of this thing is, but it makes me feel really professional and it's also supposed to help the sound. So hopefully this sounds better than my normal AirPod setup. Apologies for any terrible sound that has happened in the past. I am moving into a new 2021 podcasting dream. And hopefully this is going to manifest some in-person interviews. That was really why I bought these mics so that I can have two mics where we can sit (laughs) six feet apart or farther and still be able to have a conversation because I used to record my interviews with just one mic that we'd have to both sit over. So this is less awkward and much more COVID friendly. So I'm really excited for that. Hopefully we'll be able to do that soon. But in the meantime, I am just sitting in my living room, holding a mic, feeling like a super sound engineer plus podcast host. So I'm excited about it. I am also excited about the interview today. It is with Janine Sept, but if you follow her on Instagram, you will know her as Janine Deanna. I didn't actually know her last name until we had this interview because then I got the email with her last name. So turns out she has a real last name and she is also a wedding photographer and a clarity coach. In this episode, Janine walks us through how she became a successful wedding photographer and how she integrated her partner into the business. She shares the journey on her decision to work on herself, become more mindful, and adjust her life to be more enjoyable for her and for her loved ones. We talk about the common obstacles women face as entrepreneurs and some of the ways to overcome them. Janine shares how journaling and meditation have changed her mindset and why it's important to make the space you need in your life. We talk about the power of social media, how being consistent on stories changed her business and her personal brand, and why you need to build accountability into your goals for 2021. This is a great episode and I'm so excited for it to be the first one of 2021. You will 100% feel inspired and motivated to either set new goals and intentions or start meditating or just making your life better after you listen to this. Janine is amazing. We could have talked for hours and hours, so I will definitely have to have her back on. But make sure you have a notebook to take notes, um, share it on social media, and take both of us. And let's jump into it. Here is Janine. Awesome. Well, let's get started. Do you want to start with introducing yourself and giving us a little background into what you do? Sure. So my name is Janine, uh, and I like to point out that my name is Janine Step because I get called Janine or I get called Deanna all the time, or <laughs> I feel like nobody actually knows what my name is. But my name is Janine Step. Uh, the business is Janine Deanna, uh, and I've been an international wedding photographer for the last decade. Uh, and then more recently, I've moved into mentoring and clarity coaching female entrepreneurs to really live a more intentional life through uh, mindfulness practices and really, really hunkering down on designing um, a life and a business that's aligned with their core values. So that's really what's on the table right now. 
I love that. And I love the transition. We're going to get into that um, about how that pivot happened. But before we do that, do you want to talk about becoming a photographer and take us through that journey and starting the business? Is the business with your husband or was it you and he's like an add-on or do you want to just talk through all yeah. of that? It's such a, uh, gosh, it's such a, a long story. So I'll try to give you the cliff notes of it. But um, the the way that it started is, first of all, Dana and I are not married. So I am like- I knew that, sorry. Yeah, but mo no, but most people um, don't know that or assume um, that we are, which is totally fine. We, we might as well be. Uh, but we have been dating since 2013. And I always feel like, I always say to him, we should probably like, you know, get the ball rolling here because it's weird to be 39 and calling you my boyfriend. So maybe, but we're, we're really happy with where we're at. And, and really where that stems from was my photography business was a hobby. Um, and in 2012, I went through a divorce and in the divorce, uh, very quickly, this hobby had to turn into a business uh, to support me and the kids. So it really was um, an interesting time when I just dove into the work and the work started snowballing. And it went from um, the hobby of it before was, you know, babies and kids and families, which was really fun. But as soon as it needed to be a full-time income, I went right to weddings. And weddings made me so nervous. Like I actually remember a point in my photography career where I was like, I'll never show weddings because it's too much responsibility. It's too scary. It's too much in my hands of this, you know, couple's most valuable memories. I don't want to do it. And, um, previous to being a photographer, I owned a hair salon and had a couple clients who were like, Hey, if you don't come shoot it, like our, my uncle will shoot it. Like I really like low, low pressure. I'm like, okay, I can do low pressure. So I ended up shooting a couple weddings and it was the first one I could have thrown up. I was so nervous the whole time, but there was still this magic that happens when you're submerged in someone's love story like that. So then I shot the second one and then I was hooked. And then it was like, I don't care what I have to do to figure out how to be awesome at this. I'm going to do it because I want that feeling um, every weekend that you get to just dive back into, into the love story. So the thing about it for me was I found myself falling in love with that unspoken connection that couples have and that my style or the way that I come at shooting is really trying to see what the couple knows is there, but we like people outside might not know um, because couples, I even took body language courses and really just trying to understand how humans who are in a relationship or who love one another have respect for one another will position themselves towards one another or how um there's like i said this really deep unspoken connection between two people in love and so that's what i set out to really capture in the pictures because it also took away my need to build an ego around my business and look at the photos I can take. And it really puts the focus back on the individualization that every wedding deserves because every love story is so different. So if, you know, a lot of photographers, I will boldly say, go out of their way to um, grow their portfolio, which of course we want to do. Of course, we're trying to grow our business, but at my heart of the business, and I think why it's been successful um, is because it's really about the couple and it's really about the connection that they have. And it's my favorite when they'll say, Oh my God, this is so us. Like he's, when he looks at me like that, it just melts me for us to capture that in a picture. It just feels like we've won. And the other component of it was that we really felt like 
I understood now that it's been a decade and when I went through and I understood that we're taking photos for people who aren't even alive yet, for the children of these couples, for their grandkids. And what we do just gets more valuable with time. So it really became about building legacies for people and what a privilege to be a part of building legacies like that. And I knew the day one of my brides had messaged me a photo and she's like, I get it now. I get the value of this album. I get the value as her little two-year-old daughter was going to mommy and daddy's fairy tale wedding in this wedding album. And I was like, oh, that's why we do this. This is why it means so much because, because we showed up and captured them as they are. These, her daughter gets to go to her wedding for the first time through these pictures. So it was just a different level. So yeah, and really quick, Dane came into the picture. We started dating in 2013 and he was always video. He loved video, but as we were dating, he saw the constant frustrations that I had with second shooters and it being inconsistent and it constantly being um, a struggle for me to get people that were reliable and that were consistent with our style. Uh, and it's probably one of the most frustrating things wedding photographers, maybe photographers in general have is that lack of a consistent partner or help that you can just count on to just like, you you do you, I do me, we know what we do. Um, and it was so frustrating, I almost quit because I was so tired of it. And he's like, well, and he's really, we. it was difficult at first because he's very photojournalistic. So he was like, I'm really not sure if I can do the whole wedding thing. And I was like, actually, I think that's the beauty of this is that you do that and get a totally photojournalistic, like, behind the scenes look at things I'll do the portraiture like the mom shots and all the pretty shots and then let's you know like amalgamate this together and just really serve a full package to clients who get it from kind of two different perspectives but still unified in in the art of it all and so we tested it a few times and it was magical on the level of couple to couple so that's what we were like what well, the guys really loved having a dude there to like <laughs> really understand the the depth of you know how much guys maybe don't love their portraits being taken and um we found our niche and don't get it twisted the first couple times it was like oh you're coming to work with me now and so we got to do things my way and he's like oh but I'm actually very creative and I can help you and I was like oh but no I like to do it my way so the first couple weddings were definitely like we had to, you know, find where each other's strengths were. But the second that all clicked and we worked hard to figure it out because we knew that when the couples loved it and we had so much fun and we're like, and we're just best friends. So hanging out even more was even better. So we're like, there's something really cool here. So that was a really long story, but long story even shorter is at the end, we just now shoot full time together. It's like our superpower is how we see it. When couples hire us, it's because it is a couple that comes and it isn't. Uh, me and a second shooter and it's very well-rounded for not just the images delivered but the entire experience on the wedding day so it's our favorite thing when couples will say I wasn't expecting the photos to be the funnest part of the day the most fun part of the day so that is always a win so that's now how we uh, work together and he shoots with me and I do everything else behind the scenes stuff <laughs> Yeah, and I well, like to keep the business running. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is busy running his guiding business, so. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, and I think yeah. you, I mean, I know just because I was planning a wedding and we were looking for photographers that you definitely can tell the difference between your photos and a lot of other people's photos. And it is, depending on what you're looking for, but because I take a lot of photos just like in general, that there's a difference between just like a candid setup 
or not candid, a non-candid like setup, let's hold hands and a heart, like make it really cheesy photos. And then there's like the real moments that, and it, it, there's a huge difference. And that's why we, I'm so sad you guys can't shoot our wedding, mm -hmm. but that was initially why we like loved your guys' photos. And then same thing, like you said, Chris was pumped because Dana fishes and he's like, do you think we can talk about fishing? I was like, yeah, all they can talk about is fishing. <laughs> Dana's like, yes, yeah, somebody who loves fishing. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um, and so that was obviously going well until last year when uh, shit just hit the fan. Yeah. So how, yeah. how did 2020 impact your business? And can you kind of just walk through what like your journey was? Because obviously things were much different like in March as they were in August, as they are now, just not really knowing what's happening. So what did that look like for you guys? Yeah, but it was such a whirlwind. It was, uh, we had a um, what we call a, a heavy loaded front end. So we had a lot of weddings in the beginning of the season and a, and a lighter back end. So at the beginning when everything hit, we had couples um, say, okay, um, May and June, we're gonna scoot to the end of the year and we found dates that worked. And so we're like, okay, phew, like we're good. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, that's, you know, it became the numbers of how many people could come and couldn't. And it was like, oh, okay, so maybe that's not gonna work. So then when we had that kind of understanding of like really what was gonna go down as far as amount of people that were able to attend, we started to see things shift really quick. So we had couples um, keep their original date and uh, elope. We had couples do their original date and do the 10 person wedding. We had couples totally um, move everything to next year. Majority of couples did that, move their weddings to next year. Um, and then we had some that eloped this year and plan on having a party next year. We had quite a few of those. And then we had some that broke up right? Like some that were just like, actually, no. And I, and I think for what it is, that's, you know, a really cool thing that they didn't follow through with something that would be harder to um, figure that out along the road. So there was, you know, every couple dealt with it differently. And I had to sit back and understand, like, nobody is at fault here. And we just have to, I made it my intention to try to be the most easy to deal with vendor, understanding that there's like, 30 vendors for some brides, right? That they're trying to line all this up and just the weight and the frustration brides must have been feeling. Maybe you can obviously attest to that, that it was just like trying to have all these vendors that you had locked in to now switch to another date. And then who do you accommodate? You know, and I just tried to be as accommodating as possible um, so that we really could, you know, keep that part intact. Cause I feel like, I know I'm biased, but I feel like we're one of the most important uh, pieces of the puzzle because it's what's left when it when when everything else is done it's what's left so um nothing was consistent everybody was making plans and then remaking plans and like i said we just wanted to be as flexible as possible so um the the thing that i i didn't feel shaken by it because as an entrepreneur i know nothing else than uncertainty to some level right so to me it was just rolling with the punches um, and I also have uh, one of my core values is resiliency and I have been in a place where I've lost everything and found a way to build again. So it doesn't scare me maybe like it does some people because I have quantifiable results in my life that I'm able to pull, pull myself up from it is and figure out another way to go and pivot. And so I just knew that whatever happened, we wanted to make sure we honored whoever had booked in with us that we would get them rescheduled and work out you know, not charging additional costs for moving things and just like try to keep it as 
um, flexible as we could. And it, in the end, it worked out beautifully. So far, 2020 worked out beautifully. Um, and what was cool was quite a few of the couples who um, either eloped or had mini weddings said how much they loved it because they never would have felt this intimacy with their families or the, the people that mattered most to them that were there. They got to share it in an entirely different manner because it was just them. So they were super connected and that was really beautiful to see. Um, also, we caught a lot of emotion because there was a lot of emotion at these weddings you know, sadness that it wasn't what they hoped it would be, excitement that they got to do it, just the love because they want to get married um, and they weren't willing to wait. Um, so it was very emotional. And I just found, to be honest with you, I found that a year before. Um, so it's been two years now of really digging into my mindfulness practices to keep me balanced, um, that it really came into play. Like I'd never seen before. Like I was really thankful that I had a year under my, uh, almost two years under my belt of really like, okay, we just wake up. What's the intention to face today and how, how can we serve? So um, yeah, it, it was a whirlwind, but at, at the end of the day, everybody, the thing that I noticed is that we've really cultivated a beautiful tribe of clients that we work with. So nobody was extreme and everybody, it was just, you know, everybody was here to make the best of the situation and there was no drama or stress. It was just like, okay, how are we pivoting? How are we going to figure it out? And that made me really proud to work with such cool couples. So that was awesome. No, that is good. And like you said, it, it builds that relationship and keeps everything as it would have been if we weren't in this situation, probably even stronger because you've had yeah. to now work through those together with the frustration yeah. and the stress that everyone is feeling. Exactly. Exactly. Totally way closer. I would say like a, another kind of beautiful serendipity of like getting to see them uh, in a totally different light because of all the things that we had to kind of work out, but it was a plus. Yeah. And so how does that look for you in 2021? So now you've done all that, probably thinking that 2021 was going to be fine. Or I feel like maybe now we're all like, well, it's not going to be fine. But so what does your business look like for next year? Because as a future bride, I know what my wedding probably is going to look like. So how has that changed for next year's plans? Yeah, I never thought it was going to be fine because of the simple fact that when moving that many weddings to next year, it meant we took out dates for new brides. So now I've said no to a lot of new clients that we would have. Uh, because we we wanted to honor these. So it really has been um, financially challenging to be transparent. That part has been challenging because it was almost like losing three quarters of a season of work um, as we had to, you know, give those dates to the couples. However, it introduced space into my life that I did not have before and, and really had me slowing down in a way that um, was the biggest serendipity of 2020 for me being able to create finally put together this coaching mentorship that has been in my head forever and that I wanted to create but I didn't I knew I didn't have I wasn't making the time to really prioritize doing it so when I knew that we were going to be uh, finances were changing and that the weddings were going to look very different because I have a capacity of weddings I can shoot, right? Like there's only so much you could do. So this opened up the opportunity to be able to create the mentorship on a different level. Up to this point for the last two years, I've been doing one-on-ones and um, teaching small group social media, but I knew, which I'll get into, I knew it was, there was a different calling here. 
So it, the, the biggest change is that I feel myself, um, weddings will not be the main focus for 2021. Um, and I'm okay with that because it has been a decade of doing them and I'm okay to get, it sounds crazy, but maybe a little bit more like nine to five ish <laughs> to, as an entrepreneur, I feel weird saying that, but a little bit more structure so I can have the weekends back so we can go on trips and kind of plan a life with the kids a little bit more, uh, which I have not done. In, in literally in a decade. So I'm really looking forward to that. So as much as it shifted, I'm really glad it's shifted the way it is. Because when I look back at goals and things that I've been setting and wanting, I've asked for this. I've asked for weddings to slow down in a way that allowed me to lean into coaching. And you never know how it's coming. When you throw that stuff out, you never know how it's coming down the pipe. But I'm really glad that, uh, like I said, that the year has really opened doors that I wasn't expecting to be open. So Right. Yeah. There's definitely a silver lining. It's so funny you said yeah. that because I said the same thing before it happened that I was spending too much time driving and going to too many things that I didn't want to, but I didn't know how to get out of it. And then this happened and I was like, oh, okay, well, here we are. I don't have to go anywhere. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Hey, like when you set out goals and plans and then maybe you have an idea of how you think things should go, but usually it never happens that way. But I think it's important to like we said, lesson learned about, oh, I asked for this. Like I'm getting exactly what I asked for. It just came in a little bit of a different package, but I asked for this. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. And it's a good time to like, as you would know, as your coaching business is going to reflect on what those goals were and how you're going to move into the future with now you have the time and space. So do you want to explain now that we've kind of touched upon your coaching, what is Simplify to clarify the coaching business or is that just part of program? Do you want to just give us the whole rundown on what you do yeah. and what it is? So this program, Simplify to Clarify is, is the seven-week mentorship that really was about helping female entrepreneurs to really get clarity around designing a business that was aligned with their core values. And this grew um, from two places. First, from my own, I always say my mess became my message. So the difficulties that I went through and the things that I figured out how to um, pick myself back up from um, a place where I didn't have, I didn't know where the next 20 bucks was coming from and to figure out, oh, this is how we can build a business and not just build a business, but build a business like I was just saying with clients that we love and we love doing the work. And so the, um, the program or the, the mentorship came when we were teaching social media classes because people like, Oh, I see you're growing your business on Instagram. How do you do that? And we were doing one-on-ones and I was like, let's do one to few, like let's get groups together and we'll teach these courses. So we would teach them. And then the aftermath was people asking, like, I just want like a one-on-one -on -one with you to like really build a system on how to show up on Instagram. I'm like, okay. So we would sit down and it was in these one-on-ones that I recognized people were trying to build an Instagram strategy, but had no foundation to build it on. So I was like, Oh, what, what, what are you about? Like, what do you believe in? What's the mission of your business? What's it? And it was like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't totally know. Like, okay. So we need to go back and figure out, okay, well, what's, what does it mean to be in alignment for you? And then people were like, uh, yeah, I don't totally know what alignment is for me. Like, I don't totally know. So I'm like, Oh, so we got to go back to core values. Like we got to go all the way back. And the, the further back we go, the deeper you got to dig inside to figure stuff out. And so then I had this understanding that as I was speaking with female entrepreneurs and seeing this 
because I'm just so submerged in all things female entrepreneurs. And I was constantly seeing this overwhelm, like where women were saying yes to things they wanted to say no to and, and, and constantly reaching outside of themselves. Like maybe if I take this course, or maybe if I listen to this audio, or maybe if I go to this retreat, I can fix the thing. I, I don't really know what the thing is, but I'm searching and I'm going to keep going. And to me, doing the, the work myself and seeing it is here. I already have all the answers. I just have to slow the F down and be able to say, what do I really, like, what does success actually mean to me? And, and what are my core values? And what do I want to live my life according to? And um, so it really became about developing this. The Simplify to Clarify was all about going back to the roots and, and designing this um, the core so we could build off of. And so what it is about, we start with mindfulness, we go into what our purpose is, who we want to serve, how we want to serve them, mission, vision statements for our businesses uh, and for life, right? So those things as a, as a solopreneur, however that looks, you really have to, those things really are interwoven and you really have to make sense of that. And then going into the, I, who is your ideal client? Like not just who she is here, like who she is here and here and really dig, in heart and head, right? Like who they, who they really are so that we can figure out who they are uh, on a level that you can serve them before they even know it's coming, right? So, so deeper, like getting obsessed with your ideal client. And then we move into developing a client experience about how you can set yourself apart. So what's your, um, your creative, unique connection? Like how do you serve people in a way that other people can't so that they want to come to you? How do they know, like, and trust you? And then we get into um, the growth workbook. So there's six workbooks that people go through. And I'm so proud of these workbooks because they're 30 plus pages of digging in, like just, and it's layered in a way that all builds on top of the next workbook so that you lay a foundation to really support you to moving into the next, moving into the next. We, um, we close out with perfectionism. So we do a growth workbook. So really what it means like to scale your business and not play small to really grow. And then we end with perfectionism, which is when you go to implement all the things you learned, all this stuff starts coming up. Like anytime you try to level up in your life, all the things that aren't in alignment with that leveling up will come up for you to deal with. And so that's where the perfectionism workbook is really about identifying all the things that hold us back that we really, if we don't deal with, we will stay where we are. Um, so the program has been, um, developing the more I do it. I've had 34 women go through it now and um, the feedback has just, I feel fulfilled in my purpose in life, right? Like, like that's big words, but it suddenly was like, well, this is what I'm here to do is to inspire women to show up more intentionally in their lives and to know we don't have to live overwhelmed. We don't have to live crazy. We don't have to say yes to things we don't want to. And we can design it our businesses as entrepreneurs in a way that serves us and doesn't swallow us. So it's just been really cool. And then building that because it's new to me, building that made me see they actually need ongoing help. They need accountability. So I'm in the middle of building um, a mastermind. I'm calling it a sisterhood because that's the word we continue to use in the group where the support network to say, how are you showing up for the goals? And, and then what's, what, you know, what's the garbage that comes up as we try to keep facing our goals that we can say, this isn't going to stop me. Like limiting beliefs came up, imposter syndrome came up, uh, lack of boundaries came up. No matter what comes up, I'm just like, let's meet it head on and let's find a way to move through it. So we don't lean into these excuses of why we're not seeing progress in our lives. So 
that's the the course as a whole and i i as much as i'm talking about it i'm still figuring out totally what it is because i i really like to do and then not talk about it but like dig in and do the work and get the feedback from the women and then find ways to just continue to serve them as as we move forward and add support whatever that looks like so no that sounds amazing that. you sold me i was like oh i think i should sign up for that <laughs> as i'm like listening to it <laughs> um and i think it's good like you said you've gone through it and i think that makes a difference in how it comes through as a course that like your authenticity and the genuine genuinity behind it because you've been through it and you went through the lessons and I feel like that really helps women uh, or anybody but specifically women because that's what it's targeted for to yeah. trust you and to rely on you for that experience because I feel like there is a lot of like coaching and courses and stuff that exist on the internet that aren't necessarily built upon real experience or real emotions and even just hearing you talk about it the way you just did you can tell that it was built from something that really happened and a real experience and all those lessons um, that you want to share, which I think yeah. is, is a huge difference. It, it's a big thing to me because I feel like, like you said, I even had a hard time identifying as a coach because it feels like you can take a weekend course and go on Etsy and get a logo and all of a sudden you're a coach. And, and I'm like, but what's the, what results do you have? Like what, what have you actually done? And I don't mean to offend anybody and on any level because some people's calling is to do this and genuinely can help people from a place of educating themselves and not experiencing it. For me personally, it's about the experience. And why that matters to me is because I, I feel like part of why it's working so well right now and I just could scream from the mountaintops about how awesome it is for these women and the feedback that I'm getting that it's because I'm only a few steps ahead. It's so raw to me and it's so real. I'm not decades ahead or, or, or this, I'm, I'm just a few steps ahead of them, which means it's so fresh, which, which means I know exactly what they're experiencing, what the pain points are, and can really tactically and tangibly give real relatable ideas of things to do to see results in that moment to take another step to take another step so i'm not so far removed from what i experienced that i forget what it's like to be in that place and feel the overwhelm and feel like you're drowning and feel like you can't like why can't i just get clear and to be honest rachel one of the biggest things that women come into this like one of the questions i ask right when they come in is like what do you want like, I don't know how to answer that question. Like, do you mean, what do I want for, for personal or like for really? And we get all like asking all the, and it's like, no, I just want to know like what you want. Like, what, what is it that you want? That is the hardest question for so many women to answer because we start thinking about all the, the outside external pressures that we feel and we don't pause. We don't give ourselves space to just clear the noise and say, but if all that is gone, what do I actually want from my life? Like, how, what do I want it to look like? How do I want to live? Because it's so, there's so much pressure and it's just constant, um, you know, disruption of our thoughts. So really the purpose of the course, and I do want to say the reason it's designed the way it is, is because we do weekly Zoom calls, two Zoom calls a week. One is the teaching of the new workbook. And the second is Where'd you get stuck? Cause I know you did. Where'd you get stuck? And we're leaving no man behind. So what came up for you? What are you dealing with? How do we keep moving? And then in the group, everybody has to talk. Nobody's allowed to sit quiet. Nobody's allowed to, cause I've done that where I've gone into groups and then I'm like, it didn't work. It did. It wasn't what I thought. I didn't get anything out of it. It's like, how much did you put into it? 
like, let's be clear, you didn't show up, you didn't talk, you didn't contribute. Of course you didn't get anything out of it. And I've been in, I've been that person. I'm like, I don't want people to invest in this and not come out with it. So we have a very safe, fun, um, welcoming environment where there's lots of tears. There's lots of connecting. There's lots of just real talk about the stuff that's happening and how we're trying to connect to people who get it. Right. And so that's what it is, is at the level of investment, we're here for a reason. We're here to show up. These are growth mindset women who are just ready to not not tolerate where they've been anymore. They're just ready to get that clarity. So really to me, to wrap that up, I know it really is about you having like soul clarity on what you want in your life and then designing a life to match that and then having the, the tools to build the courage to sustain that. Like when all the obstacles come, it's like, Lots of people aren't going to agree with those decisions. Lots of people are going to have opinions about that. How do we develop the courage to stay the course? Because we know at our core, it's what we want. Right. I love that. And I think people, especially now, this will be great timing for a podcast because going into 2021 with the pandemic and just the new year in general, I think is the time that people have had the time now since we've all been at home to really think about what you want your life to look like when you leave the house now or in the future. What do we, where do you want to go and who do you want to see and what do you want to be doing with your time? I think that's been a huge, even if it's good or bad or whatever you've been dealing with, I think everyone has at least thought about it, that now we're restructuring our lives. Yeah. There's no better time in the world than to, like, everybody has permission to shift gears right now, right? Like everybody has this global permission to be like, you know what? Not doing that anymore. I can't, the pandemic. COVID. <laughs> COVID. I can't. COVID. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can't argue it. <laughs> totally. <Yeah. laughs> um, and you touched on a whole bunch of them, but what would you say are like one or two of the biggest obstacles that you find women face as entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, or wanting to start a business? And I know it's all very subjective and everyone like deals with things differently, but just in general, what do you say are some of the biggest things that come up? Uh, us, the people, the women, <laughs> us, we are the biggest obstacle, hands down. We get in our own way more than anything else that comes at us. We, um, whether it's um, lack of confidence, limiting beliefs, stories that we lie to ourselves about, we are the biggest obstacle that hold ourselves back. And that's where I knew that in my own life. And that's where it's like, we, I have to get real about what is actually happening here and not my emotional flood of all the things, right? So um, the thing that when women are getting um, into business um, or trying to run businesses is that we don't believe in ourselves enough. And I think a lot of that comes from, I, I, I can speak so much for myself with this, a lot of it came from not keeping track of what I'd actually accomplished and not seeing the results that had actually come. And this is where journaling has taken over my life. I can look back in my journal and find the truth of what was happening. Sure, it's my, you know, my filter that I see it through, but journaling has allowed me to get like when I'm feeling like, oh, last year or that situation was such a disaster. And I can go back and be like, actually, I learned some great lessons, which has served me throughout the months ahead. So that's a limiting story. That wasn't a disaster. It was actually awesome. And I can shift my perspective and shift how I react immediately. Um, I know that, um, so getting mindful, a mindfulness practice, just, just finding a way to really connect to 
I can't, I can't stress it enough what it's like to get quiet with yourself, to hear what's really going on. And, and, um, journaling is the best thing to just brain dump everything out and get clarity. The amount of clarity I get from journaling is the single most useful tool in my business to date. Like I, I can't stress enough the power it's given me to feel like I have clarity about my thoughts. Um, but another one second, I to interrupt you about yeah. journaling. Cause I don't journal, but I know that it's, I should be journaling, but do you just like sit down and just brain dump or do you have like a question or how do you like get into that? As I, I love that you asked this because I can't believe how many women don't start journaling because they're like, I don't know the structure. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just not like, as soon as I figure out a structure, I'll do it. And that was me. And that's why I laugh because the number of journals or books or planners or things that I bought, I swear it would be in like the hundreds or maybe the thousands of dollars of things that I would buy to prepare myself <laughs> to journal. The thing that I had to just break it down was that I was using all of these questions and needs for structure as an excuse to just not do it. And what I do is I actually um, made just a commitment that the only structure that had to happen was I go to um, Indigo and I get these like super coiled so that I am comfortable writing because I love being able to like bend a book and you know wrap it around and be comfortable writing. I bought myself a $28 pen. This is my journaling pen, my fancy pen. Um, and the only structure I had was it had to have a date. Today's date is, and then I just had to first say, what am I feeling? So the feelings I'm feeling right now are. And from there, I could doodle, I could draw a picture, I could write song lyrics, I could, whatever came up, I would just journal. And there was no expectation whatsoever. And it really just became a, a habit of showing up, even for three minutes a day, or like, and I would just set a timer, write the date, and just say, I'm feeling, and some of it was so silly, like had no, you know, no profound thoughts are coming, but it was the habit of getting into, I'm getting it out of my head, I'm getting it onto paper. And as I did that, as I built the habit up, I began to see, I don't have to keep, I call them open loops. And we talk about this so much in Simplify to Clarify. There's so many open loops in our head at all time. And these all require energy, right? Like, oh, I gotta, every time I go in the bathroom, it's like an open loop. I need to renovate this stupid bathroom, or I need to hang that shelf, or I need to text my friend, or I need to order this thing or any, like we have millions of open loops in our head at all the time. And this is draining our energy. And I, and my whole goal has been to, how do I get more energy to show up and do like all the badass things I want to do in my life? I got to start closing some of these loops. Cause this is, this is like some behind the scenes thing, draining my energy and causing me undue stress. Right? So I started doing close the loops. So what loops do I need to close? And sometimes it looked like just brain dumping. Like when you said that, yeah, sometimes it's just a brain dump of like, this is my stupid to-do list right now. Like my head is just racing with all the things. I'm going to dump it onto a page and then I will do, is anything need to get done tomorrow? If it does, I transfer it into my daily tracker that I have, um, which keeps me very organized and to the point of what I need to do. And then it just feels like I've relieved this, like, fear of missing out on things that need to get done. And it also helped me understand all the things I think I need to do that I really don't, right? Like all the things that I'm like, I'm, I'm like creating chaos. I'm creating work that needs to get done that does not need to get done. I can set that aside. So journaling has to, ha like if you're just like, I, 
I get a Hillroy from for two ninety seven from Walmart sometimes if I run out of my favorite ones from um, Indigo, and I just have the date, and then I always say how I'm feeling. And I will say really quick, the reason I always identify my feelings is because for the longest time I understood, um, or for the longest time I I figured out that I was living my life about feelings that were surface, but weren't the actual feelings I was feeling. So I was, you know, I was angry about something. So I was reactionary when really I was feeling shameful and I needed to apologize for something or I need, but I didn't want to feel super uncomfortable. So I just stayed mad. And then that created more problems. So the, the identifying the actual feelings really helped me to say, Oh, I'm not mad. I'm super embarrassed that I did that. And I need to go apologize to somebody. And that closes the loop. And that makes me, that's gross. Like that's me like identifying and then, and then getting relief from that instead of covering things with anger and going on and on and on and on. When you, no matter how far you go from the feeling, you always will have to come back and deal with what the actual emotion is. So journaling really helped me to just get the mess up here out onto paper and, and make, make sense of a lot of emotions and feelings. No, I think that's great. Very helpful. I will put it in my, my 2021 to do my new routine. I'm going to add it in because I've tried so many times and I just, you know, I see you, you're journaling though. What, what does it look like for you? I don't journal. Oh, you don't? Mm-mm. No, all. I have like a to-do list in okay. a journal. So I think that's the excuse of like not journaling. I'm like, well, I wrote it down. And then it's just yeah. my <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll definitely get into the journaling because I'm the same. I totally can, I feel what you're saying on the next level with so many things happening and so many ideas and just so many thoughts all the time with so many things happening. And, and yeah, it just wastes a lot of brain power. Yeah. And, and I think it's really important to accept that the journal can just be a mess because that's the part that a lot of women who want things to be, you know, pretty or have boundaries around or, or look a certain way or, or highlight like, Oh, I have all my highlighters and all, and that's me to a T, but I'm like, this book isn't for that. This book is just to be, a, 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 a it's, it's better if it's a mess because it's just, it's not about anything but the feelings. It's not about color coding. It's not about, you know, if somebody finds this, oh God, uh, like to me, and, and I had one girl say that to me, she's like, I'm petrified to journal because I don't want somebody to find this. I literally, um, for the first while, I felt that same way because I always tell my daughter that and she's 12. And I was like, you don't write down anything you don't want anybody else to read at this, age. like you just don't. And especially in, in junior high. So, um, but I would keep it in a fireproof safe in my closet and that's where the journal sat. And I felt safe that I could dump the thoughts and close it and lock it. Now I don't give two crafts. <laughs> I'm like, actually, if you read this, it might help you. So that you get, you get to a new level with it and I don't care. Um, but it definitely, if, if that, don't let that stop you, like get a safe, have a key and just have a place where you can, you can lock it down and feel safe about it. No, I love that. And I know I interrupted you on your, the obstacles that women are facing. Um, and that was ourselves. And I just want to touch back on that. If there's anything else that you wanted to add to that for women who are entrepreneurs or wanting to start a business or that whole journey. Um, I guess one of the obstacles I could say that was, um, that's, that stopped me from scaling for a very long time was I should have got help much sooner. So I, there was, there's a lot of, and a lot of belief around, 
I can't afford it. I don't know where to find these people. Um, it's so messy. I don't know how to bring people in. I can do it the best myself. There's a lot of limiting beliefs that come up. Um, react, people react to like, you need to hire help. No, 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 no. Um, and usually it's money. Usually it's the money thing that comes up. And what I know is that if you don't have the money to hire somebody, it's because you haven't hired somebody yet to do the in the trench work that allows you to be the visionary, that allows you to work on the business. Because if all you're doing is working in your business and you never take time or have the time, because you're so busy wearing all the hats, all the hats that we wear as entrepreneurs, if you don't find the space, create the space. I don't say find because it's a choice. If you don't create the space to get the help with, I just call it the monkey work, like the, the, the monotonous stuff, then how will you ever scale or grow your business? And the biggest thing that it was for me was I recognized this with, with editing in wedding photography, where I was spending hours, <laughs> painful number of hours, um, hurting my body, hurting our, my relationship, hurting my kids' viewpoint of me in my office. They're like, we're sick of staring at the back of your head, mom. We want you to be like part of missing dinners, missing, like so much was happening. And I was like, nobody can do it as good as I can. I have to do it. And then, and then it became about, I don't have the money to do it. And I remembered thinking, because there's people, this is such a, a big takeaway for me. And that I tell the girls, there are people whose entire career is designed to alleviate your pain point. Their entire job is to do the thing that you hate doing. And we sit here in this self, right? Just like, I have to do it myself. Nobody can do it better than me. Actually, this girl who I had hired, um, she since moved on because she uh, had stuff going on in her life, moved on. Um, but she worked with me doing uh, weddings and it would take me like, you know, 11 hours sometimes to edit a wedding. She was done in 90 minutes, 90 minutes. I was petrified that I was gonna have to, I was like, I can't afford it, I can't afford it because I thought I had to pay her for 11 hours of work. Turns out she's a whiz at Lightroom. Turns out she can get it done in 90 minutes. Turns out I only have to pay for 90 minutes of work. Turns out that is the best ROI I've ever invested in my business because I got my life back. Um, and I know that because I don't have that now. After COVID and everything happened, we had to shift gears. And so I don't have that. I'm looking for that again, but I'll be damned if I go through another season without help like that because it gives you your life back and I think we as women entrepreneurs you get so used to the busy it becomes your identity and we talk so much about this in uh, the growth workbook where women wear that busy badge and we love listing off a laundry list of all the things and I did it because it made me feel important like it made me feel validated that I I have all this stuff going on so I'm obviously in high demand I'm obviously <laughs> in high need look at me and all the things I have and it really was like ew, that's a wound. Busy claiming, claiming busy as this badge of honor is actually a wound. It's saying, I don't have boundaries. I actually don't value my own time. I actually don't value my friend, my relationships over what I'm doing here. That's a wound. And so as soon as I got that perspective shift, I was like, Oh, so I don't say busy anymore. I say overcommitted. And the reason I say overcommitted is because it puts the onus back on me. I believe, believe in living my life with radical responsibility. And it's like, at the end of the day, it's that's, if I'm busy, it's I'm overcommitted. I chose to overcommit. I chose to make these. Busy somehow makes us feel like, oh, all the things and I, and it's other people, like it's external, it's other people's. 
overcommitted says I made some bad choices and I said yes to too many things and now I really need to, you know, um, make some better decisions so I don't end up in this place again. But really identifying, you know, I don't even remember what your question is. <laughs> I'm just talking about busy, the, the growth that, you know, that we owe women needing help. We it's, and here's a, a little, a quick, quick, quick little story that I did a one-on-one -on -one with somebody and we really identified in her business where she needed help and where if she could just get help with these certain things. She would be able to free up five to six hours a week to be able to do visionary work and like revenue generating, moving the bottom line kind of work that you want to do in your business. She's like, okay, sounds really good. Um, I'm going to have to see how I can come up with money because I just can't afford it right now, but we'll have to, you know, I'm really going to work towards that. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then at the end of the appointment, she's like, okay, I got to go. I'm going to be late. And I'm like, oh, where are you headed? She's like, oh, I got a lash appointment. And they said, how much does your lash appointment cost? And she just looked at me I'm like, how, how much does it cost? Because if that's a $300 appointment at $20 an hour, you could be hiring help. Stop lying to yourself. Don't get your lashes, get your virtual assistant and get prioritizing the things that actually met. This is, we just use it as excuses because if you hire a virtual assistant, you've got to get yourself organized. You got to know what role that VA is going to play so that she's, it's worth your, it's your worth the ROI. And, and, you know, but it's just simple things like that where I look and say, it's a choice. We, we will buy what we, what we want, what we, what we deem necessary, we'll find a way. And, and, Lots of women start businesses or are in the, their, their business just snowballed. And you're like, I'm such a hot mess. I don't even know how to bring people in. Reaching out to a VA, they, they, it's their job. They can come in and be like, tell me what's going on. I might have a recipe for you to be able to kind of streamline a few things. And it might be, you know, the most productive call you make to get help. Just, just get help sooner than you think you need it because help is what allows you to scale. If you look at any of the businesses that you're, you admire or you think they're killing it and doing a great job, there is no way they're doing it by themselves. So at some point you have to trust someone and let them in. At some point you have to be willing to invest in somebody. At some point you have to give up this, I don't have time to train people. If you are alive, you have time. It's a choice. It's a choice. Totally. Well, and especially like you said, just deciding what your time is worth. And yeah. again, going back to where we are right now, you can't get your lashes done. You can't really do a lot of things. So now you do have the time. There is absolutely no excuse to not have the extra couple hours to sit down and figure out what you need. Exactly. And yeah. how, not to make the overwhelm even more, but how does social media tie into this? Because I feel like, um, I know you've used it for your business and it doesn't tie into all businesses, but how have you used social media to make that connection grow your business and then grow your personal brand as well? Oh, oh, social media is so, it's so interesting. I, I know it feels like I could talk about that for three hours, just social media, yeah. which I'm sure you, you could do the same. Um, I feel like what I will say is a fundamental shift happened in both my photography and my personal when we decided to go all in on stories. So sharing who we were and really letting people get a behind the scenes of the people behind the business, because that has been, I don't, exponentially changed the way our businesses are run. We don't even market anything. Everything is through social media. We hundred percent bookings. And even if it's referrals, it's referral to go look at the Instagram account and see if you relate. And it's been so powerful in the sense that, and because I'm really big on following up, 
Um, and like, what, what was it? Like, what drew you to us? And it was like, we got, we looked at your work and it's why I have two separate accounts because I really wanted the work to just be aesthetic, like just for people to come and get a really quick look at this is what your images could look like. If you can see yourself in these images, then, then that, am I curious to see? And we make it very clear in the bio, these are the people behind the cameras. They come over and see us and then it's just life. Like it's relatable, it's welcoming, it's real. Um, sometimes it's super fancy, sometimes it's the opposite, you know, but it, it really is just letting people in and don't get it twisted. There's a lot that doesn't get shared, right? Like there's there, you can share your life in a way that you don't have to share everything. Um, but I, I do share a lot. I do share a lot. And I also feel like that's what makes you relatable. And then that's what makes people trust you, uh, know about you and then like you and then ultimately trust you. Um, and it was interesting because I started to recognize my ideal client isn't even engaged yet. Like she finds me long before she's, she's just dating and life is, and we, we connect over outfits or beauty products or the behind the scenes of whatever it is that's happening. And she's been following along and then she gets engaged and we become an obvious choice. And the amount of brides who have found me that way is just evidence over and over again that this is, this is sharing who we are, lets people know we, I, I, I had one girl send a DM and said, I don't know you, but I, I feel like I know you, you know, what people say that I feel like I know you. Um, and she goes, and I'm not engaged yet, but when I do get engaged, I need your energy at the wedding. This is what I need. I, I, how you talk about your clients, how you share the behind the scenes. I want to have this experience at my wedding. And then uh, four years later, she booked us, which was really cool. Like such a long game to see. Um, and so, yeah, it, using social media in a way that was real in a sea of things that are not, I guess there, you know, I think people's BS meters are pretty darn high now and that we can really see through the, you know, the content that is it's so touchy. It's so touchy to talk about, but the content that is maybe not produced from an authentic place. And I think there's a lot of people who don't understand how you can use social media to really serve people in a way that isn't constantly asking of them, you know, like, like the, the serve, serve, serve. And whether that's just with happy thoughts, happy quotes, sharing a funny story, being yourself, um, the amount of uh, DMS that we will get Dane to, cause he's very, a very fun character. I will say in my story, um, just like when, when we, we knew the power of it, when we went through the first lockdown and I had him <laughs> when he surprised me wearing the leopard, uh, body bathing suit and was running around in his tights. And I was like, but the amount of people to us were just like, literally that's like a day in our life. We're, that's not, it just happens all the time with him. But to other people to just share that all of a sudden it was like, I needed this lightness or this joy in such a heavy time. And so we just began to understand the power of just simply sharing part of who we were. And I think it's funny because a lot of people will say like, I'm just boring. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interesting. And two things I say to that first, if you want to have interesting content to share, go live an interesting life, go do things like go be interesting. If you know, however, there are things that are ordinary to me that are extraordinary to you. There are things that are ordinary to you that are extraordinary to me. So just, but it also, when you share the things that are ordinary about you in a, in a creative way, 
it connects people to you. And, it, and like me just sharing about my dog, we've booked so many weddings because I shared, oh, you're a dog mom. You get it. You get it. We're going to have the dog at the wedding. You feel me. So me sharing my dog has nothing to do with my ability to take a photo, but it says to the couple, she gets, she's a dog mom. She gets it. And so, and us dog moms get that, right? We're like, yeah, my baby. <laughs> so I get it. So it's just interesting how you um, can use these brand builders that really the pillars of other pillars that just speak to who you are, that people can connect to you. And then there you're really connecting on a level that whatever you offer, whatever you serve, like I'll take one or I need that or Janine's saying we should buy that. So we're going to buy that. And that's been really fun too. Like that whole kind of influencing part kind of came out of nowhere, which I didn't expect. Um, and, and it's a lot of fun, but then there's also a lot, there's a lot, <laughs> I know you know there's a lot on that side too that can feel inauthentic that I really find myself you know on, on a on a line of like how does this you know if it's stuff that we really love and and I really feel adds value to people's life I'm all about it so yeah using social media is fully how we run the business we do all of our bookings through it and it's we've met some incredible people and it's just being sharing our life sharing sharing the behind the scenes has really really deeply impacted not just that but it also i will wrap this question up by saying when we show up at the weddings people will like we're already friends we're, we've we're even the engagement sessions when we first meet them it allows us to already have a level of comfort with them that if they didn't see us if they didn't see dana pulling his pants up so high it's offensive <laughs> if they didn't see all the, you know, like the amount of weddings we go to that they're like, we're not getting started till he pulls his pants up. And he's like, I hate you. <laughs> it happens so much. And it's just, it gives level of people uh, a level of comfort with you before you even start things. So it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Totally. No, I uh, fully agree. And I think, well, even that's how, like, I don't think we've actually ever talked to each other before, but I feel like we have because yes. we watch all your stories. And I was just thinking that as you were saying that, I was like, well, I don't think we've actually ever met either. So isn't that funny? Yeah, it's, it's so funny. And you've done such a good job at even as you were talking, the one thing, I don't know why this like sticks in my brain. It must've been when I first started watching your stories and you were, um, not drinking caffeine mm -hmm. and it was like every, it was like for 60 days or something. And I remember literally every day I was like, how's she doing? Did she drink caffeine today? Maybe I shouldn't drink caffeine today. And it was such like, and I didn't know you, I was just like this lady on the internet is doing this so I'm gonna follow along you know and so I think it's such a funny thing how you connect with people and you can tell like you said and I've said before like you can tell that you're being who you are and that it's a little bit silly but then you have the other moments and so I think that that's how to build that brand and be very consistent because you're very consistent when you show up on social media and I think because a lot of people I get questions a lot too about what should I post or how often should I post and like you said to show up I mean, as often as you can, but very consistently for people to get to know you and to know what to expect rather than just every once in a while popping on because then they're not connecting to you and then they don't really like care because they don't know every single detail about your life. Yeah. And, and I like that you pointed that out because there's people like to be on a journey with you. They want you to win. Right. So they want to see. And, and I remember posting that when I did the, I'm like 60 days, I did it. And it was like, that's amazing. This was so cool to follow along. And even in understanding what a silly thing, right? Any human could do that. Any human could do that. And, and just seeing how people want that win for you. People want to follow along with something. They're invested in something. It's like, and, and there are times, 
I will say that it feels a little overwhelming. Like I don't have the, the, the energy to show up and that, and so sometimes I'll take a beat. Like sometimes I just disappear for a couple of days, like a day or two. And I'm like, I just need to like reset. And then people are like, are you okay? Like, are you sick? Is everything okay? And then you're like, oh, this is, people expect this. Like we, like, where did you go? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'll, I'll be back. Um, but it's really cool to see that. But I also think like people, when you give them something to, to hang on to or to be a part of, or to be part of that journey, that, that really was big for me. And, and the shift that I felt was my personal brand where I started sharing my mindfulness journey because I went through something, um, very traumatic and a lot, had a lot of adversity and it, and it really owned who I was for a long time. And, and I felt the shift in my personal brand when I decided to just share the journey and say, I'm actually showing up and I don't have the answer. This is just the problem right now. I'm very triggered by something and I don't know how to deal with it. But I'm going to go find out, like I'm doing it. I'm going to find out. And then I come back with a win and say, I, I, figured out how to turn this anger into fuel for my soul. And I, and I had a win. And, and then that sharing that encourages other people to be like, Oh, something so simple, but that was attainable. I could do that. I saw how she did. I could do that. And again, that's in my purpose of wanting to inspire women to show up more intentionally in their lives. It was like, if I just share that, I don't have the answers, but I'm trying to figure it out and I'm going to bring you along on the journey. The amount of uh, feedback that I got in that, that just said, thanks for just being open that, you know, it, it and, the, and I see a lot more women doing that. Um, and I, and I, and I do think it's a fine line where if you, if that's your crutch, you know, that, 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 that can get, a, you know, I guess I'll set that aside and say, it's not how I'm trying to show up in the sense that I'm going to share the, the mess, the journey. And hopefully what I figured out, because I want, I want women to have results from it and I want to have results from it. And but I can share the results that I have in hopes that it makes you choose better or choose different or try something new or have the bravery to say, I would never meditate. Like I would never have, I tried, it took me three months to meditate more than three minutes and feel like I wasn't a giant failure. Like I was always like, this is weird. Amy Schumer talked about it at one point. She's like, meditating really changed my life. I'm like, okay, if Amy Schumer is saying that meditation is like, I have to figure this out. And um, alongside with journaling, it's one of the best things I did because it's how I will feel grounded always. It, it's how I start my days, usually how I end my days. If I have stress between things, I do a quick five minute, just like come back to what matters. Who am I? What, like, what's, how do I want to show up for things? Um, and it is the only thing I found that makes me feel grounded and, and in a lot going on, it, it's been awesome. So yeah, I, I, I forget the question again, <laughs> but I feel like meditation, meditating has been awesome. That is the answer to all the questions. Just, yeah. <laughs> Just go get the calm app or the breathe app. I do love the breathe app. Yeah. Go meditate. Okay. And I wish we could go on this interview for forever. I feel like I'm going to have to, we're going to have to do a second part because we didn't even get to half the questions, but just to wrap things up, what would be one piece of advice you have for women or people in general going into 2021 with an open mind, a clear mind, and to really set themselves up for as successful as they can be next year? Um, I think 
Hmm. I probably the thing I think most is to do an honest review of your year of 2020 because I am doing this with the girls in the group and I just last week went and created, I actually just added it to the website. It's a downloadable that anybody can go on there and buy. And I made it because I, I know that if I'm not totally going out of my way to get really clear on what actually happened in 2020, like what actually happened, you know, because I feel like sometimes people, especially with 2020 being all that it was, we can really, uh, you know, blanket the garbage in a, in a, and be like, oh, that was so hard or it was so, um, no, there was actually some really beautiful things that came out of this. And so I feel like moving into 2021 with a with clarity about what 2020 actually was. Um, and so that will set you up to make decisions based off truth and not just crazy emotions. And that's what I think, because it's a lot of work to go back and to really dig in. And I created this, um, your 2020 year in review in a way that starts with, let's go back month by month. And I do this by going through my camera roll. Like I go back to January, 2020, I'm like, what was happening? Like what was highlights of what was happening? through each month and I'm not highlighting positives. I'm just like, what's noteworthy from each of the months that we experienced and then really getting a truth around what we, what we experienced, what wins we did have, uh, family, financial, social, um, personal growth, all business. Um, and then really just getting a clear picture so that we can say, okay, uh, here was, um, actually lessons learned, from the challenges, here's the challenges I did face. Here's the opportunity that actually came out of those challenges. Turns out that was awesome. Turns out there was some really good stuff that turns out I didn't have to claim bankruptcy. You know, turns out that sort of stuff, because the one girl was saying, oh, financial, like what's the financial win? And, and she's like, because there was no financial wins. I said, did you claim bankruptcy this year? And she's like, I came down close. I said, did you claim bankruptcy? She said, no. And I said, then that's a win. And 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 we have to choose to see it for what it was and not like, all the things that were lost. And so the review for me, uh, it's like a 30 plus page uh, PDF of just getting true about what actually happened. And then that sets us up to say, okay, we got through some really hard stuff. I'm actually stronger than I thought I was. That's cool. And now I'm going to go in and, and then the other thing, um, and I love that you asked this is because I see from myself, I know I've gone through too many years of not having accountability for my goals. So Right now, when I get off this call, I'm actually developing the second workbook for the uh, Simplify to Clarify girls. We just added on bonuses because they wanted to keep learning. And I was like, let's keep going because this is awesome. And so this is a, um, um, a tool to be able to set out the year goals and then the quarterly goals and then um, monthly goals, setting intentions for each month. I'm big on setting intentions. I'm really big on setting intentions. I probably set like 17 intentions a day where it's like, I'm going to go have dinner with my family. My intention is to be present. Something simple like that, but where I'm setting myself up so that I'm not on my phone the whole time. So that um, even a t an, in an intention to be here with you and be fully present and just try to be vulnerable and as open as I can about it. So I set an intention before this, just really giving myself some, some focus on what I, where I want to be, what I want to do. So I, the, um, for structure for 2021, I feel like not just setting up the goals for your big goal for the year, doing last 90 days and quarterly, setting all that stuff up, but then having some kind of accountability, like set yourself up with some kind of accountability so that you don't do the work to set all this up and that you don't all of a sudden get to the end of 2021 and you didn't do it. 
because nobody was holding you accountable if you didn't follow through with the steps, um, which is what I'm creating for the girls who have gone through Simplify to Clarify is an accountability group for every month to go through and say, what's working? What isn't working? How do we keep moving? Because that's where growth happens when you're surrounded by like-minded people who don't think your dreams are crazy, who are like, maybe that's not crazy enough. You know, like the people who get what it's like to be an entrepreneur, I think that's one of the best things that I did in growing is surrounding myself with like-minded people who got it, like who got the pain points, who got the hustle and grind, who got what it was like to forget to add play in and, and all the things. So um, yeah, really surrounding yourselves with community, I would say is enormous because then you don't feel alone. You have a place to go and you don't know what to, you don't know the next step. You have a place to go. So community and then setting up goals where you're accountable so that you can't just do the um, resolutions 2021. And then you look back at the end and you're like, shoot, I, I guess I'll just copy paste because I didn't do anything. So I'll just move those over from 2020 to 2021. Keep on keeping on. If you don't have accountability, and I know that because I felt like I had groundhog year. For three years, I had the same goals, three years. And I'm like, why am I not doing these? Like, what's, what is the thing? It's like, because I didn't actually structure it in a way that laid out mile marker and next actionable steps. I just put this big goal. And it's like, if you don't schedule that stuff, it's still a dream, still a dream. You have to put it in your calendar. So that's the last tip I would say that if your calendar doesn't reflect the doing of the things you need to do, it's still, it's not going to happen. Don't trick yourself. Don't think it's going to happen if you haven't scheduled that stuff in and made the time to start, to start accomplishing those things that will get you to your goals at the end of the year. I think that's great advice. And that is what I'm going to do this afternoon because I yeah. feel like that's what we need. And, and just to touch on that, the, I feel like when you set big intentions or big goals, it's almost too overwhelming. And you're just like, well, hopefully it'll happen because I don't even know where to start <laughs> to do that, you know? Yeah. And you're like, well, hopefully by July it'll have happened and then we don't have to worry about it. And so yeah. I do think that's really good tactical advice is to actually break it down into what you should be doing and then scheduling it to make yourself actually do it. So I yeah. think that's great. And I, and I do think people will say, because I faced this when I had these big goals, that it's like, I don't know the steps. Like, how do I, how do I implement it if I don't know the steps? And what I think a lot of us do know is maybe the next two or three steps. And even if you can start there, and this is what I always say, and I will end with saying this, when you take action, you create a new vantage point because you can see things different. You take a few more steps, you can see things differently. You take a few more steps, you can see more. And it's like, like climbing a mountain. You, you go up and the second you get to that top of the mountain, all of a sudden you have a new vantage point. You can see the whole mountain range. You can see things you had no clue, but you, you had to get there in order to see it, in order to make decisions. Sometimes it's just the next few steps and taking action. Oh dear God, take action. If nothing else, if you take nothing else out from this, take action because in the taking of action, you get clarity. In the taking of action, you will get results. You'll get a new vantage point to see, I actually need to go this way. I totally thought it was this, but now that I'm doing, I see I need to go this way. So the more action you take, the more clarity you get, the faster results you get. I love it. Mic drop. That was, that was a great way to end the podcast. And so where can people find you, connect with you, find your course and all of the things? Uh, oh yeah, I guess I, the course, a new one is starting on July 11th. We're um, opening it up. It is 10 July women. July 11th or July 11th? Excuse me, January. I always <laughs> say July. And I'm just trying to like 
fast forward to summer. Thank you. January 11th, it runs for seven weeks and it's all on the website at www.janinediana.com um, under the Simplify to Clarify uh, in the menu bar and there will be all the information. There's a couple payment plans if that helps with people um, to alleviate a bit of that stress at the beginning of the year. And it's, yeah, um, so that's, I have the website, there's a ton of stuff on there, or my Instagram is at Janine Deanna for my personal, or my business is at Janine Deanna Photography. Amazing. Thank you so much again for taking the time. We struggled a little bit, I struggled personally with the Zoom at the beginning, but we figured it out, and so I'm glad to do it. <laughs> awesome, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of Poolside Podcast with myself and Janine Sepp. Are you or are you not super motivated and inspired to write your goals, crush them, and just live a better, more mindful life? I loved interviewing her and I definitely walked away with some lessons and tips for how I wanted to adjust my life going into this year so I hope you did too if you like this episode um, make sure you subscribe to my podcast leave a review a rating share it on Instagram I love all of the love that you guys give me so thanks for listening again and I will see you next